1: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me at college, Mr. bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions.
3: People ask me, well, how are the Sabres going to win tonight? I don't have a clue.
1: On WGR Sports Radio 550.
4: I'm over here, efforting and not not succeeding on Twitter. I'll just to post it again in a minute. It's okay. It's Monday. For what? I'm trying to post the video of the Arsenal goal. That asked the question: the hi- ah. the highlight you have watched the most, your your sports moment you have watched the most in your life. You'll just decide on a Tuesday. I'm going to go back and watch that because it makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll get the video of the Arsenal goal up there because it's like on the short list for me. And I'm sure we've got Jim wrote into us that. The Naheem Hines kick return against New England. That's good. It's a very, very good one. Yep. What highlight have you wa- gone back and watched the most? Eight oh three oh five fifty. if you want to chime in. We'll get to Paul Hamilton here on the Western Hotline as we prepare for Sabres and Oilers. Paul's reports brought to you by Equitable Advisors, thinking about today and planning for tomorrow, and by Raylax, Honda. Raylax, we got this. P. Ham, what do you got? You got some, like, Ohio or Iowa State moment that you watch a million times back? What, what sports highlight have you seen the most? The Miracle? Miracle on Ice?
3: Oh, I haven't seen that in a long, long time. Maybe back closer to it. I don't know. I, I don't really go back to highlights and that type of stuff and just watch it over and over and over again, that type of thing. I might see it like when it comes up on TV or sure. during a broadcast or something like that, but, no, I really don't go back and
4: – Jordan Greenway's first goal is a Saber will be the first time. You, you, you'll you just keep going back and watching the replays, right? <laughs> Well, hopefully that comes, uh, that comes soon. Paul, before we get to Greenway and tonight's game and whether or not he makes his debut and all that comes with that, let's talk about Saturday's performance for the, the Sabres against the Lightning. They get a big win. They, you know, pretty much all around, start to finish, got a great performance in front of their home fans. It was, a, it was an absolutely electric day to be at the arena and uh, too much needed points for them.
3: Yeah, it was. And uh, they, they went and they initiated everything. They initiated the speed of the game uh it just seemed like tampa couldn't keep up you know and they initiated and the the physicality of the game any anything really that they you know maybe stillman might wish he hadn't initiated uh, uh the fight he wound up in but still he did it you know and he showed up and he was hard to play against when he was playing in that game uh you know the other team knew he was out there when he was out there and and they that's what they needed and It's kind of funny that they started playing that way before Greenway even makes it to the ice. It's almost like, all right, he's here. Well, no, he's not really, but we're going to play that way anyway because that's the way we're going to play when he does get into the lineup type of thing. And for fans that don't know it, uh, his plane got diverted, so he wasn't there when the game started, so obviously he couldn't play in it. Um, So uh, whether he plays tonight, I, I would think probably they weren't afraid to throw Stillman right into the to the lineup with no practice so uh, I don't know why they'd be afraid to throw
5: Greenway in when they do throw Greenway in Paul do you have a an idea of like where it, it would be a complete guess obviously at this point but where he might fit in the lineup like with a, a certain line or whatnot
3: <laughs> It was interesting is that game was going on the other day you know the Hinnostros was had a pretty game and then he scored yep. and I thought well I don't know. Is he going to go in for Jost, and then he scores? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, like they don't really have an appetite to take Olafson out of the out of the game. I mean, they've had other opportunities throughout the season, and that's never happened. So I, I really don't see that happening. So no, I mean, <laughs> you Enough. know, I'm, I'm getting to a point going, okay, where, exactly uh, where, where is he going to fit in?
5: I, I wondered, Paul, about, I mean, I even asked you this, I think maybe about a week ago, a week and a half ago, if they might be getting close to saying, well, maybe we send Paterka down to Rochester to gain his confidence, but I know he did score. I'm not saying it just because of that, but I feel like he's been playing at least a little bit more active in the last few games.
3: No, you're right, and and that's the same thing with Olsson. He... He had a better game against Tampa. I mean, there for a while, he wasn't even around the net. I mean, you didn't notice him at all. He wasn't getting any scoring chances or anything like that. But he he made the goaltender make some saves recently, and, and I thought he did that better against Tampa uh, where he had some opportunities to score. And same thing with Paterka. Once the puck went in the net for him, now you're noticing him. Now he's getting some good scoring opportunities, and it, it just kind of put some pep into his step.
4: Paul, what did you make of what the Lightning did in the third period?
3: Well, it didn't work. <laughs> I don't know how much you were paying attention to the game yesterday in Carolina. Uh, they had four shots in the first period, none in the second. So they were being outshot 23-4 to at the end of two periods, down 4 nothing. And uh, they they did uh, they got they finally in the third period they got they were out shooting Carolina nine to one but it didn't do them any good because they couldn't put the puck in the net and it so it it really the the effect that Cooper was looking for did not materialize uh, at least in the first game back uh, in Carolina against the Hurricanes.
4: So they catch the lightning they, they they've beaten them twice in a row now and I saw you pointing out that if you know. What are they, seven points back? We're not looking at the— No, they would be. They would be?
3: If they they won their two games in hand, they would be seven points back. And I was just— putting that out there I wasn't saying Hmm, they were going to do it there are some idiots out there who think that I was pointing out that look at what the Sabres are gonna do no that's not what I was doing hey folks I'm quite capable of speaking for myself you don't really need to speak
5: for me (laughs) I mean they're Uh, they're a lot closer to Tampa than Toronto is to Boston so if something miraculous is going to happen to stop that matchup it would be the Sabres
2: yeah,
3: I was just pointing it out there and people can do with what they want with it. If they if they want to dream and, th- and think that that can happen, that's their business and they can they can do that.
4: Well, it's a big week, Paul. There's four games between now and Saturday to uh stay in the playoff race, to get into a playoff spot. The Islanders tomorrow is probably the biggest one of the bunch, right? But, you know, we, we could say the Islanders won as is big. We could also say that the fact they have four games in hand, they got to win their games in hand. Whether, you can pick whichever games you want to count those as. But tonight, it's Edmonton. Edmonton's the highest-scoring team in the league, and the Sabres are third-highest-scoring in the league. So I'm, I'm sure we're all expecting some version of a shootout. When, um, when you watch the Sabres team, if they ever have to focus in on a top line, if they ever have to fo- focus in on one guy, shutting one guy down, how has, has a Don Granado team been with that? How how have they used their personnel in matchups like this to try and stop a guy like Connor McDavid?
3: They tend to use defensemen to do that. If if they really want to match up against Connor McDavid or somebody else, they'll match up a defensive pair against them for the most part. Uh, Cousins gets that also gets that a lot, especially at home if they can get him out there. So sometimes he will match up against that but uh because he's more of a a two-way player but uh usually it's what defensive pair do we want to put out there is it is it Darlene with whoever he's playing with that day and if they've got two guys all right maybe you know maybe it's a, a penguin situation where you got Crosby and Malkin all right well Darlene pair is going to get one and Powers pair is going to get the other you know type of a thing mm-hmm. so that's usually how they approach it it's more of Okay, what defensive pair do we want out there with that? And surprisingly enough, when they played in Edmonton, if you remember that game, uh, it was only a four uh, to two game that the Sabers won. So it didn't turn into, even though it was two offensive clubs. It, yes, it was the third game of the year, but uh, and if you also recall, it's probably one of Comrie's better games. That that he played too uh, against Edmonton. So that, that I, I was looking that up because I want I was pretty sure that that didn't turn into a shot, even though you got two yeah. of the highest scoring teams in the National Hockey League.
4: You know, Paul, it's Rasmus Asplund traded away to Nashville. I'm thinking about him. He had had some really impressive, elite level kind of defensive numbers, and was a numbers game for the Sabers that he just could never really get in the lineup. And I, I guess I wonder about. You know, you mentioned how they match up against a guy like McDavid with defensemen, and they don't necessarily line match. Sometimes Cousins has been in that spot. Is that a function of not really having anyone they feel is quite that has that skill set? Is that why they do it, or is that do you think like a, a general idea about a Don Granado team that they're not gonna have someone that's just out there to lock a guy up? Because as they acquire Greenway for like playoff style. The way to play in the playoffs, it feels like that kind of center a shutdown guy is someone they would ultimately want if they don't yet think they have it
3: I, I don't want to speak for Don Granado, but I think if you were speaking to him, he might say he he believes cousins is that guy you know that you know he really thinks that he's developed into that guy that can play both ends of the rink and you know be good defensively against somebody like that and also turn it into offense the other way. Um and and do it that way. So I think he he feels he's developed into somebody like that. Asplund's numbers weren't as good this year as they've been in the past. In the past, they were really good. Um, people didn't realize you know how good he actually was, but for whatever reason, it just wasn't working for him this year, and he wound up on the outside looking in way too many times. And I think they just looked at it like he's he's a smaller player that you know this year hasn't been real hard to play against so we'll give him an opportunity somewhere
5: else cuz we're going to move on back to greenway for a moment paul do we feel like any part of his uh being acquired has something to say about zemgas girgensons and kyle poso who are both free agents at the end of the year it could it could
3: i mean we'll see where they're going to go with that uh uh, but I was thinking the same thing, kind of a changing of the guard there. I don't know if it's this year. I don't know if it's next. I, I you know, I think if they want to go forward with Kyle Oposo, I think maybe they're, they'd are they be looking at one-year contracts from here on out. You know, okay, we'll sign him to a one-year deal, and let's, let's see how it goes, and we'll revisit it next year. And if we still want to continue, we'll sign him for another one-year deal, and we'll see how it goes and, you know, that type of thing because – he is the ultimate leader in that room, and it's somebody that's everybody looks up to, that everybody listens to, and uh, you know I'm I'm not sure they want to uh, part with that yet.
4: Paul Hamilton joining us on the Western Hotline, you know as you talk about leadership and important guys, Alex talk on that list. Paul, the uh, the injury update for him, um, Darlene came back a little sooner than expected, right? They did the retroactive IR and. We thought he might be out against Tampa, but he did play, although he was uh, load-managed a little bit. What's the latest on Tuck?
3: Yeah, Don Granado had said that he thought maybe that um, uh, Darlene would not be ready for Saturday, but he didn't put it in a definite terms or anything like that, and obviously he did play and came back maybe a day, a game or so earlier than they thought. Tuck, they're not going to update him, at least it's two weeks minimum. And I think it's going to be more than that. So we're not getting daily updates. He's not around, you know, or anything like that. He's around for games. I mean, he's been seen, you know, on crutches, you know, showing up for games and that yeah. type of thing. But uh, we're not going to get daily updates on him. And even after two weeks, I think it's just, you know, all right, how's Alex talk? Uh, okay, and then move move on to the next thing.
4: You know, Granado's not been one of Juggle Line's over juggle, I should say, but a tuck injury could mean that a lot of things get slotted around. How do you like the bet what's your best answer for tuck off the top line and who should jump into that spot and does it give them an opportunity to try a few things like Quinn or whoever it might be?
3: I like Quinn, I mean in the four games he's got five points, you know, and I think he's fit in pretty well there and in those in those four games, there was one there were one or two where I thought he was their better one of the better players on the ice for them so and he's, you know, he's getting that shooting mentality finally that, you know, you don't have to pass when you get these opportunities. you got a great shot. Do you, remember last year in the American Hockey League when he had one of the best shots in the league? Um, and now he's shooting more and the puck's going in the net for him. You know, look at the goal he scored against Tampa where he just basically they allowed him to come down the slot and he absolutely ripped it. And uh, Elliot had had no chance on it. So... You know That's what I like about watching him, too, that you know, as he's playing more and playing out with
5: Thompson and Skinner, he's getting more of that shooting mentality. To McDavid tonight, Paul, some piece for 160 points almost. I mean, historically, are we talking about the most impressive single season since Gretzky? I mean, no one's even come close to that 160 mark, I don't think, since at least Mario Lemieux.
3: No, I think you're right. Yeah, I think it is one of the most impressive seasons since a Lemieux-Gretzky type of a season, and that's the type of player he is. And I, I think back of games against the Sabres. I mean, he's gotten some points, but I, I just don't remember him coming into a game and absolutely ripping them apart. And they, they've had pretty good luck against him over the, over the years and have and kind of kept him down somewhat. So uh I don't you know I I'm sure at some point in his career he's going to have a big night against the Buffalo Sabres. I just don't remember it that they that he's had one yet. The,
5: the first night maybe, right? He scores 22 seconds in and then in overtime. But you're right since then and actually I'm glad you brought this up because I was looking at this during the last break. St. Louis is the only team where he has fewer points per game against. He has 12 points in 12 games against the Sabres. It is Every ca- other team in the league, except St. Louis, he has over a
4: point a game. It is really funny, though, to point out, like this is how good he is, obviously, that, hey, a point a game, that's not that
3: bad. <laughs> right. They're doing pretty good. <laughs> They're doing a great job against this guy, Paul. Yeah. And I remember as much flack as Josh Georges used to get here, they'd put him out against McDavid, and he basically used to shut him down. Uh, it just worked. For whatever reason, it just worked. Even if Josh was in a little bit of a slump and wasn't playing well. Now, a lot of what happened with Josh is he was out of position. They had him on the first pair where he should have been in the third pair. And when he did play on the third pair, pair he played much better. But for I don't know why, I, I, but for whatever reason, he had really good success against McDavid.
5: Well, whoever's managing the Rasmus Dalin norris campaign, if if he gets matched up with him tonight, I mean, it holds him pointless or whatnot for, what, the first time in, has it been a month, two months since he's he's not had a point? Mm-hmm. We would expect, though, right, that Darlene and Samuelson would be the pairing that goes up against them. Wouldn't it be stunning if it was anything else?
3: I would think so, yeah. I mean, but, you know, you've got some other forwards on that team that you have to worry about, too. I mean, when did Nugent Hopkins become a 30-goal scorer? Remember last year where he had no goals and 18 assists? I mean, he was one of the top scorers in the league, and he had no goals and now next thing you know you know here here he is uh, as a 30 goal scorer all of a sudden at this point in his career.
4: I'm just counting up McDavid's games without points on the year. I think we're at like single digits and like Joe said it's been it's been quite a while. All right Paul, well tonight Edmonton tomorrow the Islanders
3: you know I hate to say it if if you're going to split I, I mean this is an obvious thing to say but you got to lose tonight and win tomorrow. Yep. I mean, this is a Western Conference team that if they beat you, it's not going to hurt you as far as what they're doing. Uh, so if you're, if you're only going to win one of these, you, you're better off winning against the Islanders.
5: If it were you, would you go Anderson tomorrow? Like, or, or would you be deploying him as though that's my best goalie game and play him against the more important team? They tend
3: to usually let him play the home game first if he's going to play one of the two. Um, so he doesn't have to travel and get to bed late and that type of thing and play the next day. Um, I mean, Comrie is one four in a row. Uh, You know, if, if you look at his numbers, now I thought he had a really good game against Tampa. I thought he looked good. Um, The, the numbers might not be impressive, but the end result is, you know, where he's taken four straight in a, in a row. Uh, So it, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how, how they figure this out and how, how they'll do it. Paul
4: Hamilton on the Western Hotline. Thanks Paul, enjoy the game tonight. Take care guys. Sabres in Edmonton. It is a 7:30 start on ESPN Plus and Hulu. Of course you can hear the game here on WGR. And then tomorrow night at the Island. That's interesting like how Paul phrases that, you know, if, the, if there is a back-to-back, Anderson tends to get the first half of it if it's yep. at home and that is the case tonight. Then they're home against uh Dallas on Thursday. Home against the Rangers on Saturday, so three home games this week and the one trip to the island.
5: They do play well against the Western Conference, isn't that true of everybody? I've been seeing Travis uh, Yost. probably. Yes. Travis
4: Yost has been of TSN has been charting that Columbus, the worst team in the league, their goal differential against the West is not bad at all, and against the East, it's like a minus you know
5: minus eighty. I was going to say because they're minus seventy one on the season. Yeah.
4: And I'm pretty, so, I'm pretty sure most of that is against the East, and against the West, they're competitive. And the same is true of the
5: Flyers. But the East is just much better than the West this year. I mean, that does make. There's eight teams in the West with a negative goal differential, and only four in the East. So, yeah, look like so Detroit. Detroit is fourth from the bottom in the East and goal differential at minus twenty. And in the West, you have Anaheim at minus ninety six. Mm. Seventy minus seventy two for Chicago, fifty-four for San Jose, fifty-six for Arizona. That that might be more the bottom. No, well, no, it's the top two. It's all of it, I guess. The West is just way worse. Yeah. And there's tanking teams at the bottom. Is too. it uh is it time to declare Detroit dead? Like yes. In, in this race in the Eastern Conference. What would their playoff odds be right now? Like two percent?
4: Yeah, I would say they're dead. They're the- three points back of the Sabres, and the Sabres have two games in hand on
5: Detroit. I kind of want to call Washington dead, and they have the same amount of Can you not call someone dead, though, that has the same amount of points? It is wild. Buffalo, Ottawa, Florida, Washington all have 68.
4: Right. The Sabres have played the fewest games. Islanders and Pittsburgh are in those two final playoff spots right now.
5: Yeah. I mean, really, we're in the same spot we've been. It just you replaced Detroit with Ottawa. Yep. That's I- That's pretty much it. I
4: saw Ottawa has the second-best point percentage since January 1st in the league. They're playing very well. And they've
5: only played one game with Chikrin.
4: They're 7-2-1 in their last 10 games. And they added Chikrin. And they added Chikrin. Kevin Adams, by the way... Who
5: scored in his first
4: game, I think. For Chikrin them. did. Kevin Adams on Chikrin basically said, yes, we were
5: interested, right? But that they wanted way more from the yeah,
4: they didn't. obviously they didn't pay the price, but he basically... You know, yeah. in, his, in his press conference on trade deadline day, maybe if you missed this, he was talking and talking. He looked over to his right and said, can I say? Yes. Can I say this? Yes. That they were in on that, which yeah. I appreciate that. I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, flat out just kind of saying they were after that. So Chikrin might have been a fit, but they were not willing to pay the price that uh, Ottawa ultimately did. So hopefully it's not Ottawa that beats them out. The Senators are tied with the Sabres. The Buffalo has one game in hand tonight. You know, we're talking about Edmonton-Buffalo, the other games Ottawa does play, and they play Chicago. So by the end of the night, you could be looking up. Behind them. Yeah, you could be looking up at Ottawa. 803-0550. When we get back, it's a big day in the NFL tomorrow. Tomorrow is franchise tag deadline day, 4 o'clock tomorrow. The decision on Lamar Jackson that looms for the Ravens and how... Two different franchise tags. There's the non-exclusive and the exclusive. What that means, how they're going to play it, and how many teams might just be after the idea of trading for Lamar Jackson. So we'll dig into that a little bit. It's not the same, the non-exclusive and the exclusive tag that Lamar could be getting by tomorrow at 4 o'clock. So uh, quarterback carousel movement starting to get rolling. Rodgers, of course, a big domino to fall. We'll get to that. And the sports highlight that you've watched the most what what have you gone back to watch the most in your life we will get some of your answers on that. I've tweeted that out and have a lot of you know great moments in Buffalo sports, at least to mention. 803-0550, Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe on WGR.
0: Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley.